0: Legend tales of a place where the booze flows freely and the stories are always entertaining. If you were bold enough to seek out such a place, head 13 miles down the Tuscan highway to a tiny blues joint known as the Townsmith Tavern. Once there, <laughs> enjoy the ride. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to a U.A. production of Beer, Blues, and Bull. Excuse me, excuse me, you can't say that. You're going to lose your family-friendly rating. You're going to corrupt the kids. B.S. A podcast that invites you to grab a cold beverage, pull up a seat, and enjoy time with friends. And here are your hosts, Howard Blues and the
1: Mark Kidder.
0: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a special bonus episode of Beer, Blues, and BS. Why is it special? Why? Because we're talking AEW, we're talking Rampage, we're talking Full Gear, because Kidder's not in the state, he's actually attending it live, that's right. Uh, We're actually going to get to hear Kidder's first-hand take on it, Uh, so look forward to that. I'm your host, Howard Blues, here as always, with my co-host, the man, the myth, the on-the-ground reporter, the legend, the Mark Kidder. Kidder, how you doing tonight?
1: Howard Blues, this just in, Kidder made it out alive on Rampage, so clearly it wasn't rampaging enough, because Kidder clearly is now here in the flash to share the rampageous aftermath as we go into full gear driving it into tomorrow so there i I don't actually have an earpiece so i might as well take my hand away from my ear There, but this is going to be awesome because you were watching it i was Mm -hmm. watching it but Mm -hmm. we're like six and a half hours apart yeah I will say,
0: Kidder, though, I, I'm glad to hear you made it out alive. I was a little worried with the giant monkey and the giant alligator and the wolf. Oh, wait, no, wait. That was Rampage, the movie with The Rock, which was on before AEW's Rampage. So. You know, I
1: missed that one. Yeah. that's. I don't know if I missed it, though, but I uh, did not. I, I, I,
0: caught, I caught the end of it as I was uh, turning it on, so I just had Here's to make a that quality, joke. Quality movie. <laughs> it's like, oh, Rampage. Oh yeah, this is the movie with the rock. Anyway, yeah, Kidder. Uh, so you got to be there in the ground. Now we have said on the show you have been to other W. Uh, well, you've been to WWE events and and both kind of the uh, the house shows, like the main television shows and pay per views. We'll talk. A, we'll compare the pay per views uh, tomorrow night. But I uh, just quickly, Kidder. Uh, just a couple of questions that I had for you. So how would you compare the experience between AEW and their television show and being there in person and the WWE product?
1: So it, I, I feel that I have kind of an interesting perspective because, uh, some of the live shows that I've been to, whether they were the pay-per-view quality, like WrestleMania eight years ago, to some of the house shows going back to around eight years ago. Uh, Justin Roberts, the ring announcer, was working with WWE at the time, and then he was fired. And then of course they started up AEW in 2019, and now he works for them. So there's a little bit of that uh, deja vu of like, I've seen this before. And of course he's Justin Roberts, you know, and uh, his announcing style not quite what i want you know i i really want the tony chimmel effect you know what i mean even if we go back even a little farther and we have the fink howard finkel that's announcing not justin roberts no not a huge fan so again justin roberts there uh, the the volume uh, of the audio, and it's basically the overall audio, not quite up to my professional standard. Um, sometimes it's quiet, sometimes it's loud. Justin Roberts has the mic, and he's saying, so who's so in the ring now, because, well, there's a commercial. Sometimes they'll bring on the you know, jobber for the next match. Oh, so-and-so's here. And introducing, you know, here's here's referee so-and-so. But especially with, I mean, me being in a crowd that wasn't terribly loud, and I can't understand it. If you were in the crowd, you'd be like, huh? <laughs> you know? Like, th- there's little things like that. Plus, it's like the audio quality is running off of... Uh, I don't want to say an 8-track, because it's better quality than that, but almost like a cassette tape. You know, we're not in the CD quality yet. We're running like uh, 96 to 128K on, on the uh, speaker system, or maybe they're just not that good of speakers, I don't know. But the the sound quality is not up, in my opinion, as the, you know, production quality of WWE. And of course, We've discussed it before. They're not, uh, you know, uh, as developed as WWE. They haven't been around forever. There's a bunch of equipment sitting around. and I get it. Um, same thing with maybe just the music itself. You know, they're using some of the production tracks. The wrestlers have uh, some of them have some very unmemorable entrance music. So, you know, maybe it's the tracks themselves. Uh, I don't know. But... Uh, mm-hmm. There's that, um, the overall flow of being at a televised wrestling event, very similar. Uh, I was pointing out things throughout the show between when they went to commercial and when they are getting ready to come back to the, you know, live event or uh, you couldn't really tell because they, uh, AEW does a lot of picture in picture. So you get Mm -hmm. to see the entire match, which I will give them mad props for. So then if you are really invested in a match, you can at least come up to the TV and sit and watch the thing because it's this big, and then comes back to the arena and you finish the match. Um, So that's really production quality. AEW is a similar thing to WWE. The frickin' lights, the accent lighting, straight in your face, again, and it's it's almost as bad or just as bad as well WrestleMania, <laughs> Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we were at Royal Rumble, there were actually chance of turn off that light, turn off that light for a good five minutes and it happened to turn off for whatever reason and everybody cheered in the section because they could see and then of course it came on later and everybody booed. Same thing happened tonight. We're all like, they, they you know, dimmed some of the lights and we're like, ah, oh, we can see and all of a sudden <laughs> the light's just back in your face. So that's kind of uh, one of the uh, issues. My allergies are apparently just wanting to go nuts because my nose is just like <clears throat> um, so my train of thought just derailed a little bit but uh, overall uh, in the photos and videos that I was able to procure during the event this evening you'll probably see some of the colored lens flares <laughs> shooting in from above because you're sitting there trying to squint and watch it uh, so that's really My overall take on the production value. Same thing with some of the videos. They are playing the videos out. And the audio, again, wasn't quite leveled correctly. So some of them, they didn't start the audio in the arena right away, which was kind of trippy because all of a sudden somebody's on the screen and and then the audio actually kicks in with them talking. So, you know, they had to. Mixed it correctly or whatever the case was but just a couple things so it wasn't quite even as loud on there where you could easily hear it you know everybody had to like stop and actually look and think (laughs) and listen so then you understood what was happening Um, other than that uh, AEW Dark took place before it they kicked off the show at 7 and, of course, uh, Rampage started at 9. So there's a full two hours. And by full, I mean full two hours of matches before it. Uh, I think they did a great job of getting everything rolling right at 7 o'clock. On top of that, they did match countdowns. Yep, oh, so-and-so's in the ring. Here's referee so-and-so. And we're ready to go. And all of a sudden, <laughs> music starts playing. And here comes the next person. Uh, They, you know, announced Taz on commentary and Excalibur for AEW Dark. Uh, Mark Henry showed up for part of it as well, doing commentary for that. And on top of that, uh, for the show, uh, Rampage, Excalibur and Taz were there for that. Le Champion, Chris Jericho, doing commentary this evening, so... We had Sing a Long Time with Jericho right before the uh, show. I And uh, what's his name? The F- FTW uh, champion was Ricky Starks. Yes, that guy. I-
0: I, I had to look it up. I I was gonna mention this when we, we got into the show proper. I had to actually go and like track that down because and, and you have mentioned this problem before of like when they do their lower thirds, how it's like it's up and it's gone. Like both times that they actually showed the commentators on screen, I missed it.
1: So I was <laughs> like it who took the me hell out this guy. He's got yeah, a championship, have, so that narrows it down. Yeah. So I, I
0: eventually I eventually got him, but yeah, there was that. Uh how would you uh you know, kidder we live in this uh current kind of pandemic world. Uh how was the crowd? Was it a, a sold out show? Was it you know was there empty spots? Just kinda of curious.
1: There were some empty empty areas, uh not only around where where we were sitting and in the lower bowl section, but uh you you could see some empty seats uh, sporadically around there so i don't know if officially it was sold out for rampage because uh, like what i did bought the two-night package so we got the same seat for both nights and i think it saved some money as well you got a deal because you're purchasing both nights um but having said that there were a decent number of seats that weren't filled uh especially looking up into the uh the nosebleed seats I when we went and looked at those ticket prices a month or two ago i think they were uh, 29 or 39 dollars, something like that for those so i thought there would be more people up there but maybe half full the front half was uh you know full up there in the the rafters um Nothing terribly crazy. There is no mask mandate or anything like that. So you could sit and enjoy the show and chant and, and just hear your name. Um, the one thing I will mention is the prices are definitely saving prices. Dare I say airport prices. A slice of pizza, which uh, did not get a, a photo of. So I'd say... How about your New York slice? $9. <clears throat> your 20-ounce bottle of Coke or other Coke products? $6.50. They had a special drink for the evening. It was uh, Orange Paradise or something like that. A uh, jar about like this, maybe. And, you know, probably that big around. $20. But you keep the keep the glass that has no markings on it, nothing special about it, no lid for it. I mean, you get this thing, it's probably even plastic. I, I'd assume it's plastic. <laughs> so you got that and a straw and your orange punch. <clears throat> uh, I assume there was alcohol in it as well. Uh, I just saw it. went That's 20 freaking dollars. I will pass. Uh, there was yog- a yogurt stand, a uh, pretzel stand. Uh, apparently, there were hot dogs as well at uh, one of the other merch or uh, concession stands. And then you could get your box of popcorn. And I'm assuming that was probably $12 or some stupid thing like that. Because why not rake people over the coals to have some kind of uh, snack? at your venue. Uh, Everything is also electronic only, so there's no cash taken anywhere in the venue. So you have to have some form of plastic payment or uh, using your, you know, NFT um, to like, you know, Google Pay or PayPal or something along those lines to pay with your phone. And I was disappointed I shared it with you. Mm-hmm. I came across the tiki bar. Most important bar in the place, and it was closed. Closed. No. Like man, it's depressing. So I kept walking. Uh, they also, I thought this was interesting, and and you know here here's a a question for you. When you walk into an event, we've been to the house shows, of course, at uh, Bismarck and uh, the merch table, right? So you got to get your on the ground merch because you're at the show means more. It's the impulse buy. Got to get your merch. How many tables or merch booths do you think were set up?
0: I'd say one, maybe two.
1: The interesting thing at the house shows is there was always one, maybe two in in Bismarck. They'd set up like a smaller one, so then they could still sell some t-shirts and whatnot. And if they ran out, hey, go down the road to the other one. This one, one merch table. So all, you know, however many 10, 20,000 people who were there, all congregating around the one table... We got there right away, because we were there before doors even opened, and we're we're in line to get in with a bunch of other people, and went up right around the corner, merge tables right there, so I was able to wait in line for maybe three and five minutes, and picked up a CM Punk t-shirt, so there's that. Uh, Nothing on the back, I was really hoping that there would be something like I was there, They had one of those shirts. You see AEW Rampage and on the back. It said I was there. But it didn't have at the Target Center or in Minneapolis. It was just AEW Rampage. I was there. So nothing, you know, over-the-top exclusive for this show or this weekend. You know, they have the full gear pay-per-view shirt, which is, I guess special for this weekend but you know you can still as far as i know purchase that on the website so it's not exclusive to the venue uh as we have talked about wwe in their merch they're very much in on that impulse buy rake as much money in as you can like squeeze every last dime out of these these the poor people coming in and of course, when they leave, what do they got? Zero dimes because they spent spent it all. Here's a throwback for you. Uh, so I expected that there would be some kind of specific show uh, branded apparel or merchandise or something, right? No, well, no, nope, nothing crazy. Maybe tomorrow I'm I'm gonna have my hopes up, so we'll try and get there right away again. Get to the merch table and potentially have uh, you know one of those specific items for the Minneapolis weekend. Um, I have the the Royal Rumble one where where we were at in Phoenix. I was there, Royal Rumble, twenty nineteen. <laughs> I think it was. No, was that twenty twenty? Um, I think couldn't tell you twenty nineteen. Anyway, um, so I'll keep an eye out. I will have the full report on that tomorrow night. So, before getting off track, just being depressed about the $35 t shirts or $60 hoodies if you wanted a hoodie. They also had action figures, limited selection that were signed, $100. Yeah, if there's a CM Punk one, I would have bought it. No CM Punk ones.
0: It's going to take a while I think before uh the CM Punk one comes. Um just because he is still so new and it takes a while. And not to not to dive too much into current events, but the current shipping, you know, situation uh these days Mm, it might it might be a while, Kidder, uh, before you see that. Um, it will be interesting, yeah, to hear if there is a little bit more, because this is, this, this weekend, it's the first time AEW has done any shows in Minnesota, so...
1: Yes, yes it's their Minneapolis and Minnesota debut, which Tony Khan came out uh, before they started filming AEW Dark, which as I mentioned, was, uh, leading up to rampage, came out, addressed the crowd, thanked everybody for coming. You know, who, how many people is at their first AEW show? And I would say 80% of the crowd first AEW show. And then a little bit later, Justin Roberts did, you know, where are you from basically by state and majority were from Minnesota, but, uh, Quite a few also, such as myself, traveled in from other areas in the region. And I don't know who the farthest person, you know, from the, what state was the farthest, but uh, Pennsylvania was mentioned. Hmm. So, I, Yeah. I mean, it's one
0: of those things. I think AEW has got a fairly loyal fan base. And again, because they only do four pay-per-views a year, you know, one for each quarter, I, I think it allows their super fans to be able to travel. You're not wasting your whole vacation budget, you know, to try and go. Like we we talk about, um, and, and you and I were talking about the fact that pay-per-view guy was there. You don't know who pay-per-view guy is. If you've ever watched a WWE pay-per-view, he's always like front and center, except for like WrestleMania. I think those are harder tickets for him to get but like any other pay-per-view he's like front and center and he always wears a lime green t-shirt with a smiley face and a kind of a grayish tan cap um but we have we have speculated about like how much this guy spends you know in a year just to ringside at every show the plane tickets to get there the hotel accommodations the food i mean wow i mean
1: yeah just just the getting i mean to go off of your point of how much it is right uh speaking from our experience tonight i didn't feel like i wanted to drive downtown find a parking space deal with all of the parking and the traffic and where and then walking and whatever so we we use rideshare way down there the uh ride by itself was 28 dollars. And then a tip on top of it, and to come back, I happened to get in on uh, bef- uh, before the surge, as they call it, uh, where everybody is trying to get a ride at once, and so the prices skyrocket. So our ride back was twenty-four dollars without tip. So just to and from, I mean, I feel that it's worth it, but sixty bucks, you know, with tip, mm-hmm. right? just on the transportation. I don't know how much parking is down there. Uh, it's been, I don't know, 12, 13 years since uh, I've been with somebody who we've had to park in that area to go to the Target Center. So in in fact, I think the last time I was at the Target Center was when Hutch and I went to Metallica during the Death Magnetic Tour. Uh, and And I don't remember, how much parking was uh, down there might have even been free if i was lucky enough but either way the hassle blah 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 back and forth um it was easy we got dropped off basically right out front and picked up basically right out front the you know front doors of the target center and it was it was worth it we were we were able to wait a little bit get back here and start this. So that's my plan for tomorrow when we go down there and do that thing again, because it is less of a hassle than driving through traffic, finding a parking lot or ramp, parking your car in a decent space somewhere if you can find one, and then walking through the maze of stairs up and down and through the skyway and whatever. But, um, As I think of it, too, because uh, WWE will sometimes do a pre-show match or like an extra dark match uh, in that hour was they open the doors and there were no matches leading up to when they started the show at seven. It was a straight hour. The doors are open. Come in, get your food, whatever you need. Sit down and the show starts at seven. So I'll give them that.
0: Yeah. I think WWE does their dark matches more to test out talent, um, you know, and and see if you can get a reaction, you know, Um, I think that when you look at the AEW roster, uh, I think that they have been fairly selective of who they, they have brought in. And I just, I I think that they don't need to necessarily do that. You know, I think that they're willing to to let people kind of just be on it and try and maybe they'll succeed. Maybe they'll fail. But they're kind of willing to let people do a lot of things that they want to do and try a lot of things and to change and adjust and all of that. So...
1: Yeah, there were a lot of I, local talent brought in. Uh, some of them making their debut, maybe four of them, but others having been used before. Um, and not just the you know two that we'll talk about later. Uh, this was in in AEW Dark. I think there were there were probably four of them who were local Minneapolis Saint Paul talent uh, on the show which that show comes out on Tuesday uh, <clears throat> on their YouTube page. So you'll be able to watch that at that point.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's, let's dive into the, to the show and, and such. Uh, I don't know that we'll yeah, spend sure too much. So, uh, spend too much time on dark. Um, mostly cause I didn't see it. I have no notes on it. So, and usually with dark, it's a lot of jobber matches. Um, it's, it's, that, that's really what dark is for. It's kind of your your warm ups, your your kind of building talent. Usually, there is at least a fairly good main event to dark, um, and such. But uh, so, Kidder, any notes, any highlights from dark that you'd like to, to to share?
1: I think it was about the first five matches were less than five minutes each. <laughs> uh, you know. Very much uh, the new, new type of talent, or, I mean, I can't recall knowing uh, most of those people. So there was that. Uh, there were men's matches, women's matches, tag match, and it was not the uh, main event of Dark, It was kind of the mid-show match, but it was Andrade Idolo. And I don't remember the other guy. (laughs) But there there were, again, leading up right at the beginning to that point, a bunch of basically the no-namers, the jobbers, doing very short matches. And then it was the Andrade match where he won. And then After that, it kind of got into the longer form matches where they were 15-minute matches or so. And more of the people from the various stables that you see on the main show that you don't always get to see uh, wrestle. If I remember right, the main event for Dark was uh, one of the members of the Dark Order and... Somebody, oh, uh, there There was a, a, a tag match with Sean Spears and one of the other guys from their faction and Tully Blanchard and one of the other factions. So <laughs> this is a great review because as those guys and these guys and there, there was a chair involved and people and, um, you know, some of the other main, main characters, if you will, were involved in uh, these various matches in the last 45 minutes of Dark, I suppose to give them more of a potential ratings hit on YouTube, more likes and, and views. But.
0: Yeah, well, and I think that they, um, they part of it is is that they'll kind of cut it up a little bit. So how it was presented, they may change it up a little bit and kind of mix in some of those shorter matches, you know, Change the order. Figure out what they feel is the better pace for it. on um, such, uh, Kinder, If I'm not mistaken, you've never watched Dark, like, On YouTube. So, what yep. did you th- what What did you think of kind of that quick fire kind of
1: style that Dark is? Um, it was. I'll say that it was it was nice in the the fact that you get to see a bunch of talent. Uh, you know, the, the people that uh, we got to see tonight were a bunch of the up-and-coming talent and potentially, you know, next year's or the year after stars. So, I'll give them props for doing that. Uh, that's one of the things that I missed about uh, WWE, how they used to present it with either heat or velocity leading up to the pay-per-view because it was Those quick matches, these are the talent that are coming up. This is the tag team or the superstar that you want to try and focus on because two years down the road, they're going to be on the pay-per-view. And then, of course, they, you know, screwed that whole system up. And then we have a pre-show and a kickoff show and then a kickoff to the pre-show and whatever the case is. And then they're putting matches on that show. And well, I like the analysis of it, I like having a mini show with the unrecognizable people, for the most part, leading into the main show. Because now you're introducing those people to uh, the masses, right? Because we would tune in for the pay-per-view and, oh, we're early, so let's watch Velocity or Heat. And, I mean, I really like the graphics for both of those shows especially heat with the flame and, and everything was on fire and whatnot. So <laughs> I enjoyed that. Uh, but uh, to the point, I enjoyed the uh, the dark presentation. <clears throat> and uh, to what you mentioned, they can cut those matches up with how they're segmented and the breaks, short breaks between them where As far as we could tell sitting in the audience, you're not going to know watching it because we can't hear what the commentators are saying and the pieces that they're doing or how they fit into each other or weave into each other. So they could put some of those last matches that we saw at the beginning of the show and uh, it might float better. We just won't know until it goes live.
0: Yeah, it'll it'll be interesting. Yeah, I was just kind of curious. I, I know I have watched several episodes of um Dark before and yeah, it's a very fast paced show. And usually they will make like if you ever see the title for it, they'll be usually be, you know, something like X number of, you know, matches, you know, or they'll list out like, Here are the big headliners and such. So you'll you'll get some of that, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see when that one comes out. Uh, kind of to to check back on it. Well, let's dive into Rampage, and uh, the uh, the show started off with a match between Jungle Boy and Bobby Fish. Um, just to and give Bobby kind Fish of came
1: the, up before the show started.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, they they made that point on commentary. They're like, "We're hopping right into the action here on Rampage." So they were. Like, they cut into it like, hey, we're going. We're, uh, you know, it's mm-hmm. we've already started. Welcome to the show, which I kind of like. And I say that I I like that because one thing that, like, I had to try and get over as I was watching this uh from home was the fact that this show was only an hour, mm-hmm. you know, yep. uh, for me. I, I know you'd already been there for two hours. It was only an hour for me. So
1: the fastest hour of wrestling and television, Yeah, you know? And so it was
0: one of those things where I'm just like, Oh my gosh, we're, we're, we're done already. You know, I wasn't used to the, you know, the like, Hey, where's, where's our 15. <laughs> minute, there's no
1: more. Oh, where, where's our 15
0: right. minute opening promo that we have to you know put up with. Uh, it was kind of nice that, yeah, they jumped right into the action, uh, with it, uh, I thought it was a pretty good match um, between the two. Uh, Jungle Boy ends up submitting Bobby uh, Fish. Uh, and then we Which get Adam... a
1: sweet looking finisher.
0: Yeah. Uh, and then we get Adam Cole basically running out to attack Jungle Boy. Christian Cage and the Luchasaurus running out for the save. The Young Bucks uh, follow uh, and they leave bobby fish and kind of just abandoned him so it'll be interesting to see how that plays in the whole storyline of adam cole and his relationship with bobby fish which goes back to wwe where in nxt they were part of a faction called the undisputed era um so it'll be interesting to see because they've been kind of playing that hey these guys know each other you know they're they're friends how are they going to interact here in um Aew now that Adam Cole is back with the Elite, so kind of playing on that uh, story. Uh, what did you think of the match, Kitter?
1: I thought it was good. There were some crazy spots, uh, and of course, watching at home the television, uh, you know, feed the camera angles can make things look worse or not as worse. <laughs> make them look better than what they're supposed to. Um, <clears throat> there were some really crazy spots in this match. Uh, a, a few times, like, oh, he landed very weird on his neck. You know, like, that guy's going to have a stiff stiff neck tomorrow or stiff back, whatever the case is. I mean, there were some really, really cool spots in there. Uh, apparently, the, the ring was a little slippery too or short botches that we i mean uh, i don't know if you caught those uh, from jungle specifically you know, things off the ropes there were a couple botches uh, we could see them clearly you know in in the audience so i don't know how that translated to television but he did a phenomenal job to try and cover them as best as he could between some tumbling and off the ropes a little bit differently and dropping down, you know, and then trying to finish it a little bit differently. So uh, overall, I thought the match was awesome. It was a great way to start the show. Lots of energy, the crowd seemed to be in it. There were almost equal chants for Jungle Boy and Bobby Fish. So it was funny when one chant gets going, Bobby Fish sucks, Bobby Fish sucks, <laughs> stuff like that. Uh, and then you got Jungle Boy sucks, <laughs> just back and forth, you know. Or Bobby Fish, and then you have the, the claps. and it, So th- there was great uh, crowd interaction and, and energy with it, too. And then uh, getting to see Christian and the rest of them run out at, at the end. Um, I've been a huge Christian fan for... Good fifteen years now, I suppose, and you get to see him and almost the concerto there. So there's a few few pieces to sweep up tomorrow for full gear. We'll see how that. Uh, it's a six six man uh, uh, false count anywhere match, if I remember correctly.
0: Correct, correct. It's a six so, man false count anywhere. Yep. So we can, that'll we can be a.
1: They'll come up the steps a little bit closer. Bring the party to the Kidder zone so that I can bring the action to the beer, blues, and BS zone. So (laughs) I guess we'll see you tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah,
0: one more uh, thing of note on this uh, before we move off of this match, Kidder. This was one of the two matches that they did the whole Mm. picture-in-picture for. And I just – I had to make a note of it because the first commercial – of that happened during this commercial break, uh, featured a talent that you are uh, a big fan of, huge fan. Uh, you, you I, I know you love him from uh, his time, especially in WWE. But it was a, a great commercial for Corona featuring Bad Bunny. So
1: ah, wonderful! They aired that quality commercial with that stellar former champion
0: yep so I just I, I had to <laughs> I just had to make note of that because that just it cracked me up when
1: that was the uh, the first commercial so breaking it here first on beer blues and BS Bad Bunny to aew Bad Bunny is all elite
0: yeah I, I don't think any of that I think Bad Bunny uh, selling some Corona um, yeah
1: oh well, let's anyway the right now leave them in the comments. Do you believe Bad Bunny is going to make his debut tomorrow at Full Gear? Comment below. What's your reaction? Let's go, bro. Yeah.
0: Uh after that match, we had the Young Bucks and Adam Cole backstage cutting a promo to hype up Full Gear. They're interrupted by Hangman Page, who basically says, Man, I'm sorry. I've been kind of an asshole to you guys. I've cost you the titles, but you guys cost me the title. If you guys come out and interfere, we're even, yeah, we're even. If you guys come out and interfere, uh, there'll be hell to pay. And that's a very loose summary of that. But yeah, the, the little backstage. And uh, a really nice thing, Kidder, I know we've talked about that Tony Khan doesn't really want a lot of backstage segments. Um, this was done as basically the Young Bucks and Adam Cole were like, "Hey, we're 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 back here. Okay, we're gonna shoot a promo for you know Full Gear. Like it was set, like it was in uh, production. So that was kind of cool.
1: Yep. Uh, and again, with the uh, production things that I talked about uh, before we started analyzing the show, you know, they started the promo, couldn't hear what Adam Cole and the Young Bucks were talking about because we know they were saying something but whether the commentators were talking over that intro to the segment as they're like whatever so a we couldn't bit. hear them but then as Hangman Page pops in then the audio starts coming up and you could kind of like oh what oh okay we're in a conversation with this and then the crowd started started chanting cowboy shit Cowboy shit, <laughs> etc. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, the uh, second match we had on the night was uh, featuring Jade Cargill, who was going up against the jobber uh, Santana Garrett. Um, they were celebrating uh, Jade's one-year anniversary of being with the company Um they really, was an okay, I mean, it was a jobber match. The thing of interest was Jade uh, threw Garrett into the first row of the audience and into uh, a future opponent, uh, Red Velvet, who was sitting at ringside. Uh, those two are competing in the uh, TBS Women's Championship Tournament, and the tournament is on hold uh, till after full gear, but those two have a, I think it's a quarterfinal match. So this was kind of building the the heat between them. Um
1: I believe Jade is after, also undefeated.
0: Yeah. Yep. Uh Jade ends up winning the match um I said, not a surprise uh Kate at that point.
1: Very tasty. Yeah.
0: Uh Red Velvet basically uh attacks Jade from behind and then uh slams, they had a, a cake there to celebrate this, and her valet uh smart mark uh was turning around to show off, off and Red Velvet will shove it into his face. Uh and true. kidder. Cake. Yep. And then on uh on commentary kidder or you missed this, but you had a, a very interesting exchange between Chris Jericho and Ricky Starks as they argued about which one of them said uh cake face first uh after this happened. Hmm. So it was interesting.
1: Chris Jericho pull out the you stupid idiots. Uh not that I caught. Dang it. Well there's a missed opportunity right there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Um I don't know that there's much to say about this match. It was It is what it was. It was there to continue to build up Jade and to help keep the rivalry between her and Red Velvet going for
1: a bit. There were some big spots in this match uh, again and some very harsh-looking spots as well. Uh, At one point, you see Santana's neck just off the the mat. You're like, ooh! But uh, because... I. I, uh, back in the day, you know, with our NDWF, the North Dakota Wrestling Federation, I uh, thankfully survived, and I'm still the longest reigning champion in, in all of sports entertainment, thank you very much, the LEW disputed champion, Well, nearly broke my neck on two separate occasions, so I know exactly how it feels to have your neck go at a 90 degree angle and things, and ugh, so... Thanks for taking one for the team, Santana.
0: Yeah. Uh, after that match, we had the Battle of Hometown Heroes, as we had uh, Dante Martin versus Ari Davari. A um, lot of spots in this match. I mean, I mm-hmm. the note I put down was just simply spot fest. Uh, these <laughs> yeah. guys were these guys were just going uh, full bore at it. Uh, Dante Martin, of course, picks up the win. And then Team Taz uh, tried to recruit Dante uh, after the match. So Mm -hmm. um, the interesting
1: thing that I noted of that is to continue to sell the storyline, the five or six page document, however many pages it was that they they slapped on, on his chest, He was reading it as he was walking up the ramp to leave after they went out. I'm like, I'll give you that one. Good good work. But there were a lot of awesome spots in this, really doing a great job. Uh, The crowd was really into it. (laughs) In fact, at one point, the crowd was chanting, both these guys, both these guys, both these guys. Because... Whatever. I wanted Davari to win. Uh, I know that uh, wasn't going to happen because uh, Dante Martin is on a very hot streak right now. Uh, Leo Rush was not present. Uh, apparently his uh, grandmother passed away, and so he was uh, not at the show. So our uh, respect to Leo Rush's family uh, in uh, this uh, time of uh, the passing of his grandmother. But uh this one it was a good match, so there's that.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, it was uh it was an enjoyable match. Uh and then our main event of the night uh was Orange Cassidy versus Matt Hardy in a lumberjack match. Uh couple of maybe key things, kidder, that I don't know if you picked up without the commentary. Um but at the very beginning of the match, um, Matt Hardy offered twenty three thousand dollars to the man who knocks out Cassidy. Mm. Um, we did not so, get
1: that in the uh, the audience,
0: right? Which I could then understand why it was weird when all the lumberjacks started attacking each other right at the beginning of the match. So I'm like, I'm going to just make note of this,
1: right? Yeah, yeah, we couldn't we couldn't tell that, but uh, we could we could tell that everybody basically ganged up on uh the uh, team that came out with orange cassidy uh everybody versus his team so it is what it is
0: yep uh and then the match uh ended uh with the blade getting in there and knocking out orange cassidy with a set of brass knuckles Uh, And then it was followed by Which I can see
1: from from our seats. I I was somewhat impressed with with the size of those brass knuckles. So, kind of disappointed, though. The promo leading up to it, I was laughing. Uh, You know, with Mark Henry doing the, like, cheesy back-and-forth interview. (laughs) And how Matt Hardy's like, I'm going to kill you. And and Orange Cassidy's just like, whatever. No, like, this is going to continue forever. And he's like... No, it's not. <laughs> this is the last one. <laughs> I, I I enjoy that, you know. So, yeah, yeah.
0: So no, I I thought this was. Um, I I enjoyed the match. I I will say, and it's it's a little tough. Um, you and I have talked about Orange Cassidy, and there's that kind of appeal for some of his slacker wrestling. And there wasn't a lot of that on display in this match. He kind of, I mean, this Mm -hmm. was full board, but these guys are like peak feud. So I get it. You you can't really continue to do that gimmick. It kind of works whenever he gets a new opponent. Um, So
1: the reverse shit kicks. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Hardy was, you know, showing off a little bit with that. Uh, There were a lot of chants of Hardy, you suck. Um, Hardy, you're old. Uh, You should retire, Hardy. Um, Things along uh, that line, I guess. Um, I don't get his character, really, in AEW. Because it's, well, he's the leader of the the foundation basically and he has a lot of money and so mm-hmm. he's paying for giving him money but then he's still doing the delete, delete things wonderful and he's doing the, the crazy things that he was doing prior to coming back to wwe and i'm like so what are you doing make up your mind and your gimmick i, I don't know I-
0: I, I think he's got kind of a weird twist in his broken Matt Hardy gimmick and then kind of with like a not-so-great delivery on like the million-dollar man. And I think that's kind of what they're they're going for, which I can kind of understand. Like, you could kind of play that, this idea that I'm Matt Hardy. I'm this grizzled ring veteran. I have been there. I've been in all these big matches. I have made big money, and now... I'm using this money to kind of prolong and further my career. I I can get that. Like that's an interesting kind of character. I just don't think it pairs well with broken Matt Hardy, um, who's kind of a yeah. eccentric. So
1: yeah. Overall, uh, uh, I thought it was a really good episode. Uh, very very cool to you know be there, get to see it how it differs from the WWE production should also note that at the end, you know, there was that little bit of a brawl uh, again. And then everybody, as it went off the air, bodies strewn about uh, the Hardy foundation exited and everybody kind of picked themselves up and orange Cassidy ends up picking up the uh, microphone and uh, talks about how they normally will all do the hug thing at the end, and he he didn't feel much like getting a hug because he didn't he couldn't stand. <laughs> so there was this little girl in the front row that was dressed up like him, and uh, he <laughs> points her out. And so I need somebody else to to get a hug for me because I I just can't stand. Do you do you want a hug? And the dad's like, yeah, go. And all the little girl. So the security guy whoo, picks her up and then holds her hand, walks her over to the side and up the steps and and then into the ring. And you know she's wearing the uh, the glasses and the hair is slicked and. The uh, Canadian tuxedo basically <laughs> comes in the ring, and uh, he's like, "Hey, little OC, hi! All right, little OC, what's your name?" Little OC. <laughs> awesome. You know, this little girl's got to be like four. Like, oh, what's your name? You know, oh, Lily. Okay. Hey, everybody. Lily, little OC here. Lily, uh, she's gonna get a hug. You ready? Yeah. Okay. So, the, and there's like six of them, eight of them in the ring. They do the uh, with, with the hug, and they bring it in. And right as they're kind of closing in, Orange was like slumped a little bit, and on his on his knee, she ran over to him and just gives him this huge hug. So it was very wholesome. Yeah,
0: it, AEW does a lot. Like, I'm sure there will be something at the end of Full Gear. But they do a lot to try and make sure that the crowd leaves happy. I mean, and we've heard of um, like WWE doing it, but it wasn't something that often got, like, shared. You know? Uh, mm-hmm. They're pretty good about putting it out. It usually shows up on one of their web series like Being the Elite and And such. Um, But there's a great one from their first year of uh, another kid dressed like Orange Cassidy that they brought into the ring, and Cody laid down and let him pin him. Much to MJF's like, no, Cody, don't do this. Don't do it. It's a great clip if you can find it, Um, but it's a good one.
1: After they wrapped that up, uh, Tony Khan came out again address the crowd you know hey sorry about that ending you know but we want you to leave happy and tomorrow night is going to be a uh, quite a show and who's coming out tomorrow night and of course everybody you know cheers and whatever and so uh they uh, are and, and i have somebody else who i want him to come out and he has he has some words to say and i want i want to give him a moment too and then uh Uh, Of course, the music plays. Dante Martin comes back out and addresses the crowd. Thanks for coming out. You know, hometown and glad to be home, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Thanks for coming. Have a good night. We'll see you tomorrow. And then uh, they played the (laughs) uh, a couple of interesting songs of like get the hell out of here. Um, like the Looney Tunes uh, that's all folks wrap up music and closing time and there was another song that they, they started it out with but uh, this is some interesting music of yeah get the hell out of here it, was a, it wasn't uh, was terrible so like I said overall I thought it was a good show uh, it helped get me pumped up for tomorrow's show which I, I give that uh, the only, you know, piece that kind of peeved me for a little bit is there were a couple dudes, two or three rows in front of us who were standing and they were just standing. And of course it's directly in my view of the ring. And so they were being dipshits. So the matches, you know, we started dark and they're still standing and i'm doing one of these to try and see some of it and i'm like could you guys please sit down like oh we're starting this already and they're sitting down and i'm like yeah because some of us would like to see the match oh some of us would like to stand so maybe some other people should stand too and i'm like oh, you want it you want to go there so of course you know, I continued it by saying, yeah, I paid for the whole seat. I'd like to use it. <laughs> Whatever. You want to be a dick and drink your douchey fricking Bud Light seltzers? Get out of here. Go home. People.
0: Yeah. I I don't know. It, if you wanted to stand, go go way up to the top. I,
1: yeah. Yeah, and, and it's not like we're that far from either down below where you can go stand or up at the top by the vomitory where there's actually a standing ledge. Yeah, you want to make it a social event and drink and stand? Go up there. We were walking and standing and barely sitting at all today. Because we went to Mall of America to see what's new over there and check everything out. See what kind of goodies we could find. And I think we sat for maybe a total of 25 minutes and it was when we were eating lunch. (laughs) So, you know, I'm I'm up uh, uh, reset now. But I was closing in on, I think, 13,000 steps for the day, which, for me, in the past while, has been a lot. (laughs) Yeah. Either way, I was happy to sit down and just enjoy the show, and then you got this asshole in front of you just blocking most of the, the shot, and you're just like, come on. Get out of the way, dude. Oh, dear, 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 I'm drinking a seltzer, so I think I'm cool. Like, Whatever. Well, hopefully they didn't get the uh, two-night package. and I'm guessing they did, so we'll see how it goes tomorrow. <laughs> um, the other thing of note, uh, comparing AEW to WWE, I don't know if it's just a Minneapolis thing or if it's the the Promotion thing. There's a lot of bo. I'm mm. like, okay. wash your hands and take a shower. You don't have to do them in that order. You can do it the other way around as well. It's just wash your hands frequently and and somewhat regular basis. You know, maybe once a day, every other day. Put deodorant on. Shower. <clears throat> It's kind of a thing at the mall too like and it's not you know old people young people you know classy looking people shady looking people it's like a mixture of everything And I'm like is there some weird thing that I missed out on now that we're not teaching people to wear deodorant or take showers I mean I get that people were living and working at home And not leaving their home for a long time, but there is a shower still at home and you shouldn't forget how to use it or just rolling the, like, I'll do it if I'm not going anywhere, put deodorant on because I don't want to smell my own B.O.'s. Like, it's not hard, people. I don't get it.
0: Yeah, I I don't know what to tell you. My only theory on that was, yeah, due to lockdown, it's like they're used to not having to be around people, and it's like, well, gosh, I don't have to put on deodorant, because I'm working at home.
1: Yeah. I still put it on. Bath in my body odor.
0: Well, Kidder, uh, I mean, it's getting late, and we're going to be doing this again tomorrow night to finish this half, but I wanted to get some predictions, so let's fly through the card of full gear here, and we won't dive too deep into thought, but just let's let's lock in some predictions so we can wrap this up. Um, and I will say, Kidder, the, these first two matches that I'm going to bring up, um, when I was researching the card during uh, Rampage or slightly before, because I was building a run sheet, they weren't listed off the source I was using. I kind of tried to pick them up as the commentators mentioned them, but of course... They're flying through these things. So um, we have this I, match.
1: We have this match and make sure you check out that match too. That's coming up.
0: Yeah. yeah. So it, it, it took me a little bit, but that's why like on this first one, I a couple of people, I don't have their first names, but we have Nyla Rose and Hader uh, versus Kashida and Thunder Rosa on the buy-in. I believe this is the buy-in match.
1: I will take team Thunder Rosa.
0: I was going to do the same. Just for the audience, I don't know. I haven't really followed AEW all that much, so...
1: eh. (laughs) Give it a shot.
0: Howard (laughs) is blindly guessing. Enjoy. (laughs) Uh, Another match that I didn't see anywhere, but they announced on the show, or at least I think they announced on the show, they were going so fast, I kind of didn't quite catch it, but it sounds like we're going to get a uh, Pac and Cody Rhodes versus Malachi Black and Andrade tag team match
1: This one I, I feel it could go either way because Pac is is on a uh, pretty decent winning streak, and they call him the bastard <laughs> Because he's pretty uh, pretty crazy uh, and andrade Dilo is very crazy and Malachi black is crazy And Cody Rhodes went crazy. Oh, and the other thing, did they mention the Glock with uh, Arn Anderson?
0: They didn't on the show, but I've heard some stuff about it.
1: So I saw the live show a few weeks back where there there was the promo with Cody Rhodes and and basically Arn Anderson pulls out the finger Glock. (laughs) He's talking about a Glock and blowing somebody away if they try and carjack him, which rightfully so, actually happened yesterday in Minneapolis. That legitimate thing. Arn Anderson was not involved, so that's purely speculation at this point of if you're trying to corroborate our show with that. Uh, Either way, uh, earlier in the show when Arn Anderson was out there, there was a spot where Arn is on the uh, ringside and of course there's a cheap shot takes out one of the competitors with the other person who's not wrestling on the other team. And of course the names are escaping me, but Arn goes over and he's pissed off, like, you know, try it again. And he's just kind of doing his Arn Anderson thing. This is uh, the match where uh, his son was involved That like uh, six man tag match. I think it was what it was, but he goes back around the corner or it was eight-man tag, whatever the case. He goes back over to the side of the ring, and the crowd in that whole section start, started chanting, get the Glock, get the Glock, get the Glock. So, of course, I, I'm laughing and started chanting. But at the end of the match, it's set up. The hole pulls it out and points it like this at the guy again, and then uh, Julia is behind the guy, Of course, the guy scares, turns around, and Julia smacks him across the side of the face. I don't remember if that was on Dark or if it was in the the show itself. So that'll be interesting to to sort out. But there's your crazy moment from a piece of crazy myself. So this one, with uh, everything there, uh, I believe Malachi Black and Andrade have been on quite the winning streak as well. Cody... Hasn't won many matches since he's uh, come back. And, and so I'm going to have to go with uh, the team Black.
0: I'm going with Black mostly because I like Malachi Black. <clears throat> I, I don't know. We'll see. They, I mean, they did kind of the series between him and Rhodes, and Black won the first two, Rhodes won the third. They were kind of telling this story of – Cody figuring out how to beat Malachi Black. So you could see that play into it, but it's hard to say. But I'm going with that because I like him. Uh, Let's see. We got Kenny Omega versus Hangman Adam Page for the title. Who would you like in this
1: one? This one is going to be kind of a barn burner. Um, Did you have a chance to see the contract signing promo? From Dynamite on Wednesday, I think they replayed it on the show.
0: Yeah, I didn't see like the full promo, but I, I saw enough to get the gist mm-hmm. in the in the video package they did. Yeah,
1: Omega signing the contract with Hangman's blood. I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know if that's his blood because it kind of looks not like blood, but I like what you're doing there because the yeah, I'll sign it in your blood. Um, this one, I want to see the title come off Kenny Omega. I, he doesn't really do anything for me. He's got some good spots and whatnot, but doesn't do anything for me as a champion. So hangman page, go for it. I don't think that it's his time, but I will go out on a uh, limb and and choose hangman page.
0: You know, I was going to choose, Hangman Page, but then, man, we're just echoing each other, so I'll take Omega. um, (laughs) Okay. Just to be, you know, different. Um, Also, because they had that draw between Daniel, well, Brian Danielson and Kenny Omega. There's some rematches that could happen there, so maybe you keep the title on him to set those up. Um, I I do think it's Page's time. Um, Such so, I if I get that one wrong, I'm not going to be like all shocks, you know. Yeah.
1: So I I get uh, all sort and agree with uh, what you're saying there. So I see it. I see the same thing. So that that being uh, is that better. That's better. I said, I'm going to close it and, and then reopen it. So I just left the meeting and came back. All right. Uh, for the women's title,
0: we got Dr. Britt Baker defending her title versus Tay Conte.
1: So the, with the match with Tay Conte and Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, the video package for this was uh, pretty good. You know, I... I like their short packages that lead up to uh, the little pieces here that uh, promo different uh, things coming up um, and, and kind of give a, a context to it. Uh, I was originally going with Ty Conte because of uh, how she's been built up, but I think the DMD is going to R-E-T-A-I-N. So we'll, we'll roll with that. Yeah,
0: and I'm going to go with Ty Conti, so no real reason. (laughs) No reason. No, no, no reason. Uh, Let's see. Then we got the finale of the uh, world tournament. Uh, We have Brian Danielson versus Miro. This one, I think, uh,
1: could go either way again because... Brian Danielson being very new, but uh, being granted an AEW championship uh, match if he wins. Or Miro, who's almost as new, but not quite, uh, and has been a champion already. Uh, I will end up, I'll go with Brian. Brian Danielson in this one. Because then that might open up the route with uh, the championship match, like you were saying. You know, it would be a, a, a quick walk back right into that feud.
0: Yeah. It's hard to say because uh, Miro is basically filling in for John Moxley who entered a rehab program. So I don't know, like, because they've been building on this for a while. Um, so it's it's one of those things where it's like, I don't know where he fits in on the plan on this. Um, you know me. I'm a big Daniel. Well, in this case, a Brian Danielson. <laughs> and, Daniels. um, it's it's, it's going to take me a while to get that flipped right in my brain. Um, but I'm going to pick him just because I can. So, All right. Uh, in this next match, uh, it is CM Punk. Versus Eddie Kingston, and uh, we all know that Kidder is going to go for Eddie Kingston. I don't know why he's going to. I mean, clearly CM Punk is going to win this, but you know, Kidder is kind of that, you know, double-maker guy man. that he is. So uh, I'll horse. I'll just put him down as uh, <laughs> as Eddie Kingston, and we can move on to the next match, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: The king. Who the hell is King Stone?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Who the, the hell is that? Did listen, just, <laughs> listen It's late. I've been drinking. I need to go to bed. So, what have
1: you been drinking? What's what's on tap?
0: Uh, I, I I'm just drinking these lemon haze IPAs. The uh, line Google ones. There, there. Yeah.
1: You know, it's been a bad day when you're choosing to drink IPAs. <laughs>
0: Unlike you, I enjoy a good IPA every now and then, so,
1: yeah. Fine. I could, speaking of that, the dude sitting next to me, I could smell his IPAs coming off of the cans that he was holding. And I'm like, uh But whatever. Let's go, punk. Let's get it done. Yeah.
0: The match that should surprise nobody that that's where we went. Uh, in the Minneapolis street fight, we have the inner circle, uh, which is going to be made up of Chris Jericho, Jake Hager, Sammy Guevara, Santana and Ortiz, versus uh, Men of the Year, Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky, an American top team, uh, Junior Dos Santos, uh, Dan Lambert, and I'm uh, listen, I oh, can't guys. hardly type what those guys and well, the one guy whose name i'm not feeling confident enough to uh pronounce uh what was on uh, andrew
1: yeah there we go that one man eh. I, I assume that it's, it's them on a on a quick side note since uh jake swagger or uh sorry <laughs> jack hager. Swagger, jake hager jake hager that guy is in this match. I saw somebody wearing a We The People shirt this evening. So I'm glad that those are still in, in rotation out there. Uh, I will go with the Inner Circle, uh, not only because Jericho is in there, but also the Inner Circle happens to be the band who created the Cops theme song or at least the Cops song that was then used for the show cops so the inner circle will win
0: this has got to be the weirdest reason ever for a (laughs)
1: team
0: to be picked come on yeah i also i also went with the inner circle just because i they've had a rough streak so um be nice to see them pick up the win uh, for the AEW Tag Team Championship, we have the Lucha Brothers versus FTR, who are also the current A Tag Team Champions, which they won off of the Lucha Brothers. So just to throw that all out there, what do you want, Kidder?
1: I think the Lucha Brothers are going to get screwed in this one. And uh, uh, just to give FTR another pair of belts to wear. So I will go with formerly the revival
0: yeah i like the lucha brothers a lot ray phoenix is amazing pentagon is also awesome but i have been a fan of the revival for a long time in this case i will take ftr
1: all day so and i will say when the lucha brothers won these aew tag team championships from uh, the other team that had them before the Young Bucks. Was, yes, it was the Young Bucks. That's right. That match was insane. So this this one should be a barn burner. Uh, mm-hmm. Hopefully, uh, it is. Is Dax Shepard right? That's what he's going by these days. Uh, he had that this injury to his forearm. Uh, I really hope that he's able to. You know. It's healed and he's had therapy and stuff. But uh, on Wednesday for Dynamite, when he had a match. And, man, he he, he looks like almost this, this uh, freaking Stay puffed Marshmallow man in some spots because it, it's all wrapped up and bandaged out to here. And then he's got the elbow pad around it. And then he's taped up all over the place. And then he's got a knee brace. I'm like, dude, take some time off and, like, heal. Something so, but they're damn good. We got to see them wrestle uh, at the Royal Rumble uh, when they're in the WWE before they left. So, looking forward to this one tomorrow.
0: Yep. Uh, let's see. In the next match, we have Darby Allen versus MJF, a battle of two of the four pillars of the next generation.
1: Yes. This one, uh, I'm going to have to go with my boy Darby. Not only because he, I've seen his wrestling ability. I mean, MJF is pretty good, but I think MJF is just a pompous asshole. Um, and ran into Darby at the Mall of America earlier today. He's like this big dude. He's He's tiny. But going with Darby.
0: You know, hey, good call. I like Darby Allen a lot. Um, they have just done, though, an excellent job of uh, promoting MJF as this as this heel. So I'm going with the pompous asshole. I think they're going to continue that um, and just really play it up. I, I think that they are building him up to be a great kind of title contending heel. So... I think yeah. that they're gonna to try to continue that. Um and Darby is one of those who can lose and not like move down the card, right? You know, mm-hmm. it, he's just that good that even when he loses, he looks amazing. So I can see that.
1: And the coffin drop. I mean that's oh yeah. The the next one, uh I think you already know who I'm going to choose on this. If I can see him. Who are you going with on this one? Because, of course, uh, this match, it's this uh, Falls Count Anywhere match. And it's the six-man, for lack of a better term, tag match. Christian Cage, Jurassic Express. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. And the Super Click.
0: Yeah, I'm going to go with the Super Click. Yeah, yeah. I mean I like Christian Cage a lot. I like Jungle Boy, I like the Luchasaurus. Um, but I think it's gonna go young Bucks and Adam Cole.
1: So how will it all turn out? Tune in in moments because we're going to continue that right after this. <sighs> And we're back one whole show later, and a whole day later, plus one hour, because it's even later than it was yesterday. So we're back. Your good brothers have returned, and this time, we are going to discuss the AEW Full Gear Pay-Per-View. I am still the man, the myth, the legend, Mark Hitter, and I'm here with my brother, he is still Howard Blues. Although lacking any Mountain Dew. Uh-oh. You ran, out, well, you ran out of dew and you ran out of alcohol?
0: Well, you know, it, let's face kid. It, kidder. It's midnight. I uh, I would like to get to bed at some point tonight. Huh. Uh, especially since, like, you were at full gear enjoying the show. I've been sitting here in my basement. Mm-hmm. One of us had a far more exciting evening uh, and probably a much easier time staying
1: awake. (laughs) You know, I'll I'll give you that. I will give you that. And uh, I didn't really feel any of the mid-pay-per-view slumps being in attendance. Uh, However, I have to mention just a couple things before we jump into the show, because as uh, earlier in this episode of our show, we talk about my experience with Rampage now last night. This being the pay-per-view, a lot more people actually showing up to the show who bought tickets and whatnot, and a lot more shenanigans, if you will, within the building and stuff. So uh, the prices just for rideshare around town between Uber and Lyft, I did some screenshots on the way down, about 10 to $15 more tonight to get down there. And to come back, uh, outrageous prices if uh, we hadn't have uh, scheduled our ride a little bit earlier. Uh, in fact, I took a screenshot of what Uber was looking for, and the highest on the list was 112 or something dollars. And I'll have that screenshot. Yeah, just for a ride for our length for about a 15-minute drive or so. So you, you pay almost as much as the ticket to the show where we were sitting just to get home. So there was that um, downtown is kind of a cluster, but tonight there were at least two other shows happening within the Minneapolis, St. Paul area. So of course, AEW all our uh, full gear down there at the Target Center at US Bank Stadium, which is just up the street and around the corner and down a few more. George Strait was playing with Little Big Town and somebody else. And then uh, down in this uh, general area by the Mall of America was uh, Rod Stewart playing another show. So no shortage of entertainment in the Metro this evening. So when we got to Target Center, we got there just before doors opened, I guess, technically dropped off on the curb just before doors opened. and when we walked in, up the steps, there were people everywhere and walking around and, and just just nuts, right? So we began walking into the skyway because that's where the line started. And about halfway through there were people passing us to go the other way along another line so we hopped in that line and went in and then got into another line and another line and by I want to say 540 542s I think we were walking up the escalator we had uh, it wasn't shut down we were we were riding the escalator tonight <laughs> last night when we were leaving the escalator was shut down so we had to you know use it as stairs Go old school, so we got in, got up there, and first thing I wanted to do is look at the merch because even though I was there last night, the merch sometimes changes from night to night. So, hopped in kind of a giant line, and it was a good 35 minutes of waiting in line to finally get to the front and uh, the merchandise was uh, about probably half the same, but they had extra things, including the turnbuckles. They had a bunch of different uh, copies of the turnbuckle signed by a majority of the AEW wrestling roster for the show. How much would you think the signed turnbuckle, so probably this big, because theirs are a little wider and whatnot, uh, how much do you think that would go for? And to help you out with that estimate, out of the wrestlers, uh, CM Punk, FTR were on there. I think Cody Rhodes was on there. Uh, I don't know if it was the entire – well, it couldn't have been the entire roster, but – I would say between 10 and 15 wrestlers signing. Uh, yeah. What would your estimate be?
0: Uh,
1: $660. That's good, but you still do in low. <laughs> $1,000, Bob.
0: You know, I went with $660 because uh, Anycubic just released their new 6K uh, resin 3D printer, and that's what it's going to sell for is $660. So. uh
1: yeah. Good guess, good guess. Uh, no, I did not purchase uh, one of the turnbuckles. I thought about it, <laughs> just because it was CM Punk autographed it, so there was something. They also, again, had action figures that were signed by the wrestlers. Uh, the selection from Rampage was there still for hundred dollars, but they added in. A chris jericho selection for 200 if you wanted that action figure and then of course the t-shirts so they had two different styles of the full gear pay-per-view front as the logos and whatnot the back says i was there well i was there but my t-shirt size was not which i call absolute blasphemy because if this were wwe they would have had not only more merch tables set up, but they would have had t-shirts running out their noses and their ears and eyeballs. So I happened to pick up not for me, although I could probably fit into it. Hmm. A shirt for the white feet. So there's, there's the front of Design F. Uh, G was a little bit different and had some of the wrestlers on it. And then there you go i was there with today's date and Target center minneapolis minnesota so there's there's that we'll just put that back there for for while we're doing this um they had a bunch of other merchandise as well uh, oversized uh, belt buckles uh, for the aew championship uh stickers the usual types of things that you would see at the show. Uh, they had this shirt as well with the, the ringer design, but nothing on the back. So no, I did not purchase another CM Punk shirt. Just the black one from earlier in this episode, which happened last night. And then we got, again, got our, our little tickets here for where we were sitting and whatnot, even though we knew where our seats were, got a lot of photos. And so, uh, We may or may not share some of those in this thing, and uh, they're floating around on the book face and various other social media. Other than that, that's kind of a quick wrap-up. I'm very annoyed with how Target Center has set up to handle that many people, because even though we were in the door and, uh, again, we're right to the merch table, by the time we got out of the merch table and uh, we're getting a beverage, the buy-in match had already started. So I mean, yeah, we, we were we were in line for 45 minutes. It was more than half an hour. So number one, they only had two merge tables and both of them sold out of the I was there t-shirts fairly quickly, which is kind of embarrassing. I mean you have I don't know how many people are in there, 15 to 20,000 people coming to an arena and you can't plan for at least half of those to be sold i mean i I would assume Uh, the other thing is you know bringing people in the way that they have the entrance area set up everybody who is seated in the the bowl of the arena has to come up the escalator to the second floor and then filter through security and then go up an escalator to another level where the concessions are and the merch tables and whatnot. There's so many people in there. Nobody knows what's going on. There's no uh, queuing setup, up, no ropes or anything. Like, absolutely hate it. You can't control people from just hopping in a line and then going forward because people budge in between, and it's just – there's just too much of that. So I was a very annoyed – by that the the queuing system is absolutely horrendous and that kind of ruined the experience a little bit of people not knowing where to go and just all oh, those follow these people and then just whatever so uh aside from that we got to our seats during the buy-in so we got to catch uh, the end of it and uh see some cool stuff so let's talk about the show shall we Sure. And while we're doing that, you like some bread? No, I'm good. Are you sure? It's I'm sure. It's some delicious outback bread.
0: I'd rather have the blooming onion at this point.
1: <laughs> we had some petals earlier. Mm.
0: <laughs> this is uh. This is a new low for uh, Beer Blues and BS as we have now become a social eating podcast. Watch this kid or eats this bread.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna get this bread. <laughs> Let's get this bread. Come on. And I'll uh, yeah, it. I just opened this. Look how little butter is in this.
0: <laughs> that is uh, not a lot of butter for that loaf of bread.
1: I didn't know there was a butter shortage in the Minneapolis area. Cheers, my brother. What was your thoughts on the first match?
0: (laughs) Oh, I was going to just kind of keep it on you so that everybody gets to watch Kidder eat a loaf of bread.
1: (laughs) Oh, Um, don't worry. This is Outback, Brad. It's (laughs) going to be gone by the time we're done. I might have (laughs) to get another one. We got four loaves. Excuse me. Four loaves of bread, but I knew, I knew.
0: Mm -hmm. They open in time for breakfast. Can you, can you grab Outback on your way out of town?
1: (laughs) Mm. I mean, if we stuck around, it'd only be the third time in, you know, the three days that we're here. So,
0: yeah. Uh, yeah, so the buy-in match is the only match I got to see because YouTube. Um, and I, I watched that kidder. I think you were on like the second to last match of the night. And I'm like, oh yeah, I can watch the buy-in. So I uh, I, I pulled that up and, and watched through that. Uh, pretty decent match overall. Um, I don't know if you, you saw who uh, ran in at the end and interfered?
1: No. We were. I know. We were trying to get back. No. Yeah. Because I
0: don't do this person's impression nearly as well as you do. I don't have that high pitch range. I don't think you do either tonight.
1: Okay, but, uh, it was, was it Vicky Guerrero? It was Vicky Guerrero. I remember seeing Vicky out there, and I went, Hey, there's Vicky Guerrero.
0: Yeah, see, Google didn't even like that. It just muted you on that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, she, she interfered uh, slightly in the match, but hmm. uh, overall, good match. I didn't take that kind of notes because... Howard's tired and is kind of living off copious amounts of uh, caffeine to even be up uh, at this hour. Um, but in the end, uh, it was uh, Kashida rolling up and getting the pin on Nyla Rose. So, Kashida and Thunder Rosa get the victory. Hmm. So, but... I mean, barn burner of an opener. I... I you know it uh they clearly went out and tried to steal the show right off the bat, so it was a uh, it was a pretty good match, pretty good match
1: that that's why when you said that uh, ran out to interfere, why I was confused because it's probably about when we came out, and so Vicky was already there ringside wearing the silver disco ball yeah,
0: and I didn't like closely watch the match not going to lie, because as I said, tired. So I may have just missed that fact. It was just kind of more like, oh, Vicky Guerrero out of nowhere. She must have ran out. So, but I guess it is Vicky Guerrero, and she doesn't really just
1: run out of anywhere, you know. (laughs) What's with the Vicky Guerrero stoking the fire tonight?
0: Well, it's not that I just, what what is is Vicky in her, she's got to be in her 50s. So, you know, I just Mm -hmm. don't don't foresee her like, you know, like running all the way from the back down the ramp, (laughs) hitting somebody (laughs) with something and then running away. I mean, that's just I don't I don't I don't see that.
1: The same goes for me, but clearly because I'm sitting here leading eating a paper or a, a loaf of bread out of a paper bag. So, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Um interesting fact is uh today I believe it was today the 13th now yesterday uh the anniversary of Eddie's passing in Minneapolis. So lots of tributes tonight to the late great Hall of Famer of the WWE Eddie Guerrero. May he rest in peace.
0: Yeah. I, I will say, Kidder, not to go too, on too much of a tangent because Howard would like to sleep tonight at some point. Um, but AEW does do a, a a pretty phenomenal job of tributes to to fallen um, comrades and past wrestlers. So that's something that they're actually really good at uh, at doing. Um, I'll just kind of go down the list here, although I. Probably we'll do this match and then jump to the bottom and work our way back up because uh, it feels kind of weird if we talk about the main event as the third match <laughs> as we talk uh-huh. about this. So, uh, next one we had on the list here was uh, Pac and Cody Rhodes versus Malachi Black and Andrade. Mm-hmm.
1: This was a good match. Uh, didn't really know what to expect out of it just because having Cody and and pack suddenly teamed up, you're like, it's kind of weird, you know, because I don't really know the history in AEW. <laughs> Interesting fact, of course, is all four of them in the match previously feuded and worked together in WWE when they are, were over there, which then I see you have the, the, the questioning look.
0: You just keep <laughs> talking. <laughs> Okay. Statistician Howard might call you out on something, but you you just keep talking.
1: Howard the ref, here we go. Uh, The other um, interesting point, uh, what I remembered is when Cody was traveling with WWE live on the road, he appeared in Bismarck as Stardust, and I was uh, yelling at him from the eighth row and he crawled over like six rows and was <laughs> at me so that gave me a nice chuckle in my head cody of course even though he's uh, basically a good guy was getting booed most of the time during most of the match whenever he did anything arn anderson was out there ran some interference and pulled out the glock he did the yo glock Uh, This was a great match with some great spots in it, up and down, back and forth. Uh, Out of the match, some people were really uh, giving Cody the business from the stands because for a while he got, you know, destroyed and was laying there on the ground right in front of pay-per-view guy, and everybody was yelling at him. Yeah, it wouldn't be this bad if Cody would actually get his pussy ass up, stuff like that. There's a very, very kind crowd in Minneapolis tonight.
0: Well, the the thing about it is is that um, they have really been pushing for uh, Cody to turn heel, and he, he has stated pretty flat out that, no, I'm not going to turn heel, which is kind of a very heelish thing to do.
1: Um,
0: <laughs> but... That's the uh, that's kind of that, and so he's been getting booed a lot because people think that he's a heel, and yeah, or at least want him to go heel, and he's refusing to do so. So uh, the thing I was looking at, Kidder, uh, I was pretty sure of it. Uh, Cody never wrestled Andrade in mm. WWE. They. He came after.
1: Yeah. Was he in NXT at least? I don't remember. Andrade? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Andrade was in NXT. <clears throat> so that's probably why he missed actually wrestling Cody on the main card.
0: Yeah. Well, it was if I if I look back here, Cody left the company in twenty sixteen is when he left WWE. Yeah, he came in in 2015. Okay. So, not as like they were in the same company, but he wasn't. He wasn't in a place to, to wrestle Cody.
1: I got gotcha. you. Uh, this match uh, uh, on the uh, website that I happen to come across here, they have all the times for the various matches. Uh, interesting note is this match was 16 minutes, 52 seconds, and uh, there was a little bit of a switch up, uh, the old partner, hitting partner, so like Packed did a pretty sweet move off the ropes, and I don't remember if it was Malachi or if it was uh, Andrade, but of course pushed Cody right into it. and. Straight on there, but Pack picks up the win, and uh, Cody and Pack defeat Malachi. And on day,
0: yeah, no points scored on that one. No, points. <laughs> okay. In- uh, uh, jumping down to the bottom here, and we'll work our way back up towards the uh, the main event. Uh, We have the Falls Count Anywhere match of Christian Cage and Jurassic Express versus the Super
1: Click. There were some really, really good spots in this match. Um, A lot of super kicks. It was like Chuck Norris walked in and had a fight with... Uh, I don't know, everybody from the movie Roadhouse. (laughs) I mean, it it was just left and right. They brought out the tacks uh, because it was, you know, a hardcore match. And Jungle Boy got a mouthful of tacks. They shoved him in his mouth. And then they did the squash super kick as Adam Cole was doing uh, the old Steiner recliner on him. Um, they also did a spot where again, pulling out of the magic black bag, they had knee pads with thumbtacks sticking out of them. So they pulled them up to their, their knees. I know I showed my shoulder, but I'm not going to pull my knee all the way up here. And then did a, a three-way roundhouse kick to, um, uh, Luchasaurus. Yep. Okay. I was thinking Funkasaurus for a second, and I'm like, no, no, no. Is it Luchasaurus? He's a he's a dinosaur. Damn it. Uh, aside from that, Christian got some good spots in. Uh, did a couple spears. Had a kill switch in there. They did a couple spots off the ramp onto the floor. Uh, some tables got busted. Very good match there, and ended with. Uh, Christian grabbing one of the young bucks and blasting him up there on basically on top of the ramp, right, right in the middle of the ramp. And uh, Christian walks kind of in the back and grabs two chairs and comes walking out, tosses the one to the side chair underneath the head and the concerto coming, as you know, and jungle boy comes up and goes, Hey, let me do this Christians like okay so he reaches over as he's holding the chair passes it over and then wham! concerto
0: you did that just to show off
1: that you got a uh, souvenir chair yeah maybe But Jungle Boy gets the victory, and uh, the Super Click lose. Christian and Team pick up the victory. Okay. But oh yeah, that's right. It just so happens that that I got this chair. <laughs> yes, not only the uh, a, you know AEW chair there for full gear, but there's a couple signatures on there.
0: Mhm. Mhm. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, the other next match on our list: Darby Allen versus MJF.
1: Ah, yes. This is the match that started the show, and for some reason, every time I hear MJF's music start, I just laugh. It just makes me laugh. I, I don't know why. Do 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 do. There's an asshole coming. (laughs) This one had some good spots. Of course, uh, Darby Allen. Ran into him at Mall of America on Thursday. Little guy, but man, that guy can absolutely fly. Um, I was expecting Darby to win. I believe I had uh, Darby in the predictions list. And... Didn't quite go the way that I wanted to. Uh, there were some shenanigans with this match, uh, as in, uh, what the hell's his name now? Uh, Sean Spears and the other guy came out with uh, chairs and baseball bats, and as they're they're casually walking out, not paying attention, Sting came out, whack with the baseball bat, gave him a couple chair shots, baseball bat shots, and then shoved them out. But during this match, some high-flying, some neck-snapping, it <laughs> basically. Just, uh, and then little foolery and shenanigans. Not quite with the ref, but again, while well, the ref isn't completely paying attention, and MJF gets the one, two, three, picking up the victory.
0: All right. Uh, well, for the AEW Tag Team Championship, we have the Lucha Brothers versus
1: FTR. Yes, this one, uh, I believe, was the second match of the night. This one, again, having some quality spots uh, across the ring. Uh, doing, the you know, it's hard as they have a bunch of uh, Spanish sayings that they do throughout their matches. The crowd knew them. Uh, I didn't just not that familiar with them. So that's how it goes, but they did have some really good spots in there. <clears throat> a couple tributes to Eddie Guerrero uh, in this match, uh, including uh, the five-star frog splash. So there's that um, back and forth. Very good. Uh, the revival putting on a good match as They always do. Not the first time I've seen them wrestle uh, live, and I hope it's not the last, but, yeah, they they put on a good show. The uh, Lucha Brothers pick up the victory in this one. They retain the uh, AEW Tag Team Championships. Okay.
0: Uh, We had the big Minneapolis street fight as the inner circle uh, goes up against uh, men of the year and American top team <laughs>
1: yeah so this one was kind of bizarre and I say it's kind of bizarre because of how it started out so the um, men of the year all- American whatever the hell they came out first and made me laugh because uh, the one you know leader of the the group, He's wearing, like, a velvet tracksuit. <laughs> i like, mean, what are you doing? At least wear, like, an 80s tracksuit, you know? That, that would have, but, like, velvet. It's bizarre. So then Jericho and company came out, and they all line up in the ring, and ding, ding, ding. What's going to happen? Okay, let's have a traditional wrestling match for the first five minutes Oh, I, I guess, speaking of time, I forgot uh, the other matches. Darby Allen and MJF, that match was 22 minutes and 6 seconds. The Lucha Brothers and FTR for the AEW Tag Team Champions, that was 18 minutes, 36 seconds. So now, mo- as uh, we're talking the inner circle and men of the year with the American Top Team, this match, 19 minutes, 52 seconds. So, again, not... Really long, but not that short. It had to have been about the first five minutes was a real wrestling match or traditional wrestling match, and then suddenly chaos ensues, and then it's five on five, and everybody's like, finally! Like, what the hell? It's a street fight. It's not a regular match. And then the toys started getting doled out. There were barrels of goodness around the ring including several hockey sticks. So yes, the hockey sticks got used quite a few times. Garbage cans were pulled out from under the ring. There were, uh, I couldn't see the other one, but at least a ski, like a snow ski, a wider one. Hmm. That was used creatively several times. Uh let's see. Kendo stick of course was there and was used. There were uh, a couple metal pipes. There was a football. A Vikings helmet that got thrown out into the audience and then some dude was wearing it. <laughs> um, because why not, I guess, right?
0: Well, you don't uh, have to hold it then.
1: <laughs> yes, yes, it may, it's very simple because then you put it on and in case there's any other junk that comes thrown at you, you just put your head down and, you know, take it out. So let's see, what else was there? You know, there weren't any like, street signs I would expect in a street fight. You know, maybe the classic stop sign or yield sign. Nope, no signs like that, nothing. So we had to, you know, just go with it. However, Jake Hager reached in the box. And I saw on the screen when they dumped out one of the bins, some of the extra crap that was in there, the smaller, smaller stuff. And I see something tumble out. And I'm like, is that what I think it is? Uh, Weird. Yeah, Jake, Jake Hager happened to go pick up that item, bring it into the ring. And, of course, they show it. On the screen, it's a toaster. Son of a bitch grabbed a toaster and then, you know, bashing people, goes to the, hit the second one and, of course, gets blasted. And then the thing goes flying and bounces out of the ring. They did a couple spots. Jake Hager and uh, uh, somebody else were fighting and they ended up going up. Through the crowd and then into the main level, just down to the left of where we were sitting, and uh, I guess the match before that we just talked about with Christian, he also took the fight up into the ramp and did a huge spot off of uh, one of the tops of the vomitories. So that was that was neat, and you know that was a few like five sections over, but. Um, Overall, I, I enjoyed the match. The Inner Circle picks up the victory with that one.
0: Okay, uh, this brings us to what I'm going to guess was Kidder's most anticipated match of the uh, evening. We have CM Punk versus Eddie Kingston.
1: <laughs> if it weren't uh, for Eddie Kingston, it'd be the most anticipated match of the past eight years. <laughs> but yes Eddie Kingston came out first and then I knew it was time and I felt felt the anticipation it was just it was it was was an awesome moment I've been waiting for it forever since actually going to a live wrestling event Uh, this one was kind of brutal here and there you know with Eddie being more of a brawler, CM Punk bringing that Chicago brawling as well and MMA um, experience. This match was 11 minutes on the dock. <laughs> so it was a fight. CM Punk got ripped open and he was bleeding all over the place. Uh, he also did the three shoulder tackles off of the ropes. Like a certain other person in another wrestling promotion, you know, who you can't see. In fact, after those shoulder tackles, Eddie was sitting there on the ground, CM Punk, he's got his hand up in the air, just and it's just up. And he's looking looking around, you know, doing the thing. <clears throat> yeah, he just ended up giving Eddie the finger. So <laughs> it was all right. But Of course, CM Punk wins this match. Yes, to me, it was still the match of the night, even though Eddie Kingston does not have that much stamina and blew up pretty early. But couple interesting things. Like I said, CM Punk got busted open. Eddie Kingston wiped the blood off of CM Punk's face and was smearing it on his own face. (laughs) Um, You know, some kind of weird stuff, but it was still good.
0: Uh, We had the world title tournament uh, final, and that would have brought us into conflict. Brian
1: Danielson and... Miro. Yes, uh, I believe this would have been your favorite match of the night, uh, not only for the wrestling that took place, but for Brian Danielson. I'm sure that's what you uh, were hoping for, right? So this one, uh, it went uh, 20 minutes and six seconds. And, of course, the winner becomes the number one contender for the AEW World title. A lot of great wrestling in this. Uh, some high spots in it, high flying. And, of course, back and forth with the match. Uh, some people were making fun of uh, Miro for, you know, where's your, where's your wife? <laughs> <clears throat> or he'd, he'd put... Uh, Brian in, into a move, and then uh, people are yelling, you know, he's not as flexible as your wife or, you know, some stupid thing like that. <laughs> There's some weird people in Minneapolis. I don't know.
0: But, I I was going to say, I and I don't know, um, being that this is the first time one of us has been at an AEW show, but I think AEW brings out a little bit different crowd. This isn't your same kind of WWE crowd. I think they... Uh, they're smart marks. They they know they know the, the stories they the behind the scenes they read the dirt sheets and they're willing to call stuff out probably much more than you'd hear at like a WWE event, especially since the WWE will mess with the audio recording uh of that. So
1: <laughs> Yeah. 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 So uh, all in all, it was a back and forth match. There were some Uh, Good submissions back and forth. Uh, uh, Miro, you know, doing a couple submissions and then Brian doing some submissions and ending up actually tapping Miro out. So Brian Danielson with the win and we'll get a championship opportunity in the near future. Again, that match was 20 minutes and six seconds. Uh, One thing I wanted to mention because as I was remembering the different submissions back and forth. Going back to the Darby Allen MJF match real quick. It was a brilliant spot because, uh, you know, the, the tight package pin, right? You, you're kind of balled up, so, so you're like a little ball on the mat. And they were going back and forth. One, two, one, two, one, two, one. One, two. I mean, it was back and forth for quite a while. As they were doing this roll-up pin, they actually, after doing the one and two back and forth, started rolling around the ring like a freaking ball of yarn. It <laughs> made, like, two full circles. <laughs> and I'm like, I have never seen this before. This is... This is great. So I appreciated that. And I had, I knew you would have appreciated it as well if you were down here. <laughs> think, think of this. It's kind of ridiculous. But at the same time, the amount of skill just to do something like that. It's, it's just, just as much skill, I would say, as jumping off things and not hurting yourself. So. Yeah. That was good.
0: So. Uh, For our women's title match, we have Dr. Britt Baker versus Ty Conti. I believe that you missed
1: part of the name there. I know what I did. (laughs) Good thing the doctor's not in, right? Yeah. Uh, So this one, uh, Britt Baker, DMD, came out to the ring with uh, two of her cohorts and uh, they kind of ran a little interference throughout the match. Uh, Ty Conte put on on quite a match. I mean, Britt Baker did as well. Uh, This lead up match, I think it was Halloween. Uh, Britt Baker was in kind of a brutal match on on, uh, Rampage or Dynamite, whichever show it was, and thumbtacks were used in that match. No thumbtacks in this match. No craziness uh, other than the shenanigans with the two ladies on the side of the ring. Uh, Very good spots here. A couple moments of, oh my God, they're both dead. What are we going to do? Because they did some crazy spots on the, the ring apron that looked like they would have been broken in half. I mean, it looked bad in person and it looked bad on the replay (laughs) just just power bombs and like uh some kind of uh, there's just bizarre bizarre moves so and i don't know if they botched you know one of them or not which is why it looks a little bit different than something that i'm trying to name but it um, was still still a crazy match. Uh, there were some very close calls in this one as well, where Ty Conte was this close to picking up the victory, but Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, picks up the win and retains the AEW Women's World Championship in 15 minutes, 24 seconds.
0: And that brings us to our main event of the evening uh, with Kenny Omega defending his world title versus Adam Hangman
1: Page. With this one, there's a really cool intro video. I don't know when they filmed this, but they got Hangman Page on a horse in different areas of downtown Minneapolis, which then led up to the front corner of Target Center. In fact, they had a boom camera set up or perhaps it was a drone, but they had it pan in and across the street light, uh, the the actual stoplight that's out front. And most of them in the downtown area have these message boards, LED message boards on the side, kind of where the road signs would be for which street you're on. And they took the font, or at least a similar font, and covered up, or at least masked that as they're panning across it. So it said cowboy shit on the sign. I was like, it's a nice touch. But yeah, he rode his horse right up to the front, and uh, basically was there, and then, poof, he's coming out and you know doing his entrance. Then Kenny Omega came out, and everybody was, for the most part, Booing Omega and calling him out. The uh, guy behind me and uh, a couple seats over pointed out, and now I can't unsee it. So I'm going to share this with you so you can commiserate with me. He's like, yep, just watch. Every time, and I don't know, he's talking to his girlfriend or his wife or whatever, but every time Kenny Omega is going to do something. Doesn't matter what he's going to do. He points. I'm going to do it. And then he does it. I'm going to go over there. And he does it. I'm going to go over there. And he does it. I'm going to go right here and try and get. Yeah. <laughs> so he said that. And I'm like, some bitch is right. <laughs> so the whole match, you see that. And my first thought is it's something related to strong style but, bullet club. Okay.
0: New Bullet Japan Bullet,
1: Bullet
0: Club, okay. which uh, they kind of did a little bit in um, in WWE. They, they couldn't call it the Bullet Club because the Bullet Club still exists in New Japan. Uh, Kenny Omega was the third leader of Bullet Club, if I have my history right. The original leader was Prince Devitt or as you maybe are more familiar uh, with him as one Finn Balor. Uh, yes. So he was the original. Uh, and then from him, uh, AJ Styles took it over uh, and the Good Brothers kind of, it was their time. And then it w- went over to uh, to uh, Omega and the Young Bucks and they ran Bullet Club. And now they've left, and then Jay White uh, took it over. And I think Jay White is hes either still there or has left. I've, I've kind of followed behind on my following of New Japan. But, um, yeah, it was kind of a thing because Prince Devitt, at that time, his big thing was he would actually point and do the, the finger guns before finishing off an opponent. Hmm. And so that was part of why they were called the Bullet Club. They did it. It was their symbol the whole time. So, of course, uh, Omega does it, um, especially right before a V-Trigger, he'll do it. So, yeah.
1: And was Adam Cole ever uh, involved with any of that?
0: Uh, Adam Cole wasn't... I don't think he was officially part of New Japan and therefore not officially part of the Bullet Club, but he's been a member of the Elite for a long time. Um, and so he would have picked it up from, from the elite. So, which is Omega, the young bucks, uh, and such. So, uh, interesting side note. Um, it'll be interesting to, to see. It sounds like the, uh, the last member of the elite is not going to be joining AEW. That's Marty Skrull, uh, who was in ring of honor and now that ring of honors closes its doors, uh, it sounds like he went down to Puerto Rico and is wrestling down there. Um, but I'd love to see Marty Skrull. Marty Skrull is fantastic. And I love, I don't know if he still does it. I i used to love his entrance because he would come out because uh, he was the villain, Marty Skrull. And he would come out with an umbrella and one of those plague doctor masks and a long coat. And <laughs> it was a cool look. Um, but he he's a fun one to watch. Um him and, I think it was Penta, had an amazing match at the first all-out. So, but anyway, that's, yeah, kind of where that finger-pointing thing comes from.
1: That makes sense. Uh, this match was your longest match of the night at 25 minutes, 35 seconds. Uh, quite the, the a couple spots in there. Uh I mean they they were going back and forth beating the hell out of each other hang hangman uh got busted open and there was you know some shenanigans with uh the valet what's his name <clears throat> I can't remember the dude Don Callis. yes uh, that that gentleman uh in including one spot where the both competitors were taken out and I took out the ref. And then I started booing because that kind of a finish would be a WWE finish where it would just leave, leave it as it is. <clears throat> well, that was not the end. Another ref ended up running down the ramp, arriving on the scene as the crowd is chanting one, two, because now at this point, Hangman had. Been pinning Omega to the crowd, was chanting the seconds up, and then it was one, two, whoa, you know, kicks out. So, amazing spot that they actually worked out there. A couple more backs and back and forth, back and forth over here, a couple sweet spots, and what happens? Crowds all into it, everybody's uh, out of their seats, and a one, two, Three, your new AEW World Champion, Hangman Page. It was, it was quite, quite the crazy finish. So again, that match, you know, just over 25 and a half minutes. And uh, I was interested in the whole match.
0: Oh sounds like a good one um yeah, well, kidder, uh looking at this, and I'm not gonna sit and do the math. hey, future Howard, put the final scores up here uh <laughs> clearly howard uh Howard did not do well uh this evening, uh so Kidder, you're the winner of the night, oh man um, awesome i can I can tell just on kind of a rough straw vote, as I said, future Howard's got that final
1: score up here he can deal with that um we got graphics and stuff we can our the graphics team will get something mixed up <laughs> yeah <laughs> figure it out. yeah
0: so that that if you want the final score that's uh that would be the place to look um yeah because i don't have the effort here or effort the energy here at one or the <laughs> brain function at one in the morning uh to want to sit and scroll and try and figure that all out so
1: the only other uh piece of note for this show in uh, Minneapolis uh, Jay Lethal is now all elite yeah. and I'm like I, I, I guess I don't really know who he is <laughs> I mean like the name's familiar, but I can't be like oh man I know everything that you've been in and where you've been the past five years so
0: uh- He's been on Impact for a long time. He he started off there, if I recall. Uh, really made a name for himself, um, impersonating the Macho Man Randy Savage. Yeah. Also did a really killer
1: uh, Ric Flair uh, impression one time. Oh, all right. It was, it was Maybe that's where out. I've seen him because Ric Flair was in the ring with him, right?
0: Uh, Ric Flair was in the ring, and he was up on the ramp.
1: Um, yeah, at least in and that they were one. wooing back and forth. Right, it was like yeah, a had, for us. Yeah, That's where a, I remember him from. Yeah, I, <laughs> I mean, but he's
0: yeah, but he's had some pretty good runs. I think he's been the TNA champ and such. So he's had dealings with AEW before. So it's not a big surprise that he
1: jumped ship. I got gotcha. Also uh in the crowd this evening, front row was Baron von Raschke. Hmm. Uh he was hanging out front row and you know pointed out and gave the wave, and then of course did the ah! and you know did this to the camera basically. He also got uh involved a little bit in that uh I don't I can't remember if it was a street fight or I think it was the the street fight. Yeah, because one of them came over to where he was you know sitting and was kind of being a, a dink and so they were close enough where he, the, I think the the guy was yelling at a a girl one or two seats down but he was close enough to the ramp or to the Barricade and parent grabs him and brings him in and he's doing this, you know, and everybody's losing their mind and then does <laughs> it on on him and then of course the Yeah just falls down like a sack of potatoes. Hmm. I think that was during the Young Bucks and uh Luchasaurus match there. But anyway overall the experience uh, between the the production runs a little bit different than uh, a wwe show um one comment that uh we as we were discussing it on on the way back is the feel of the event and how how people were into it and now part of that might be the venue size because, you, you know, you're in, a, you're in a bowl-ish type arena here versus when we were at Royal Rumble in the uh, whatever field where the, the Diamondbacks play. And that's, you know, a lot larger space and it's basically wide open. So there it's a little harder to get chants going and hearing random people yell five sections over, things like that, because it's not a, not as much of an enclosed environment. So there's different factors at work, and then like you mentioned about uh, audio, where WWE will pipe in extra crowd noise or booze or anything to kind of cover up what the real crowd's actually saying. Um, the crowd really seemed into it, and most of the people there, seemingly knew who all these people were I mean more so than than what I did because <laughs> I haven't been following them for that long and and even you know some of the people I haven't quite nailed their names down so I'm like that one guy with the with the thing and the mask or whatever the case is <clears throat> um, the other thing to note I guess uh, at the end of the show because it seemed like there were going to be some shenanigans in the championship match uh, middle of the show, Promo was cut where a hangman goes up to the Young Bucks and basically we're even, and if you mess up my match, uh, I, I won't forget and I will mess you up. <laughs> so Young Bucks came out to the ring near the conclusion of like the last four or five minutes of the match, and they they were standing there, and it was one of those perpetual questions of, when the ref got knocked out and you know both of them were laying on the ground, were they going to do something? Was there going to be some stupid thing that happens here? But they just stood there kind of staring at both of them in the ring. And again, the match finished. Hangman picks up the championship. And uh, the Dark Order came down. And they all celebrated with Hangman. And then went off the air and there's some other moments that uh, I was able to record, which uh, that video will be going up on the book face not too too long from now. So uh, there's different, different uh, things that were going on after the match. And then we were out of there not a very long time after 11, but then back here to do this. So... The again looking at it oh, as an overall pay-per-view, uh, not having the viewer perspective, I'm not sure what the grade would be if I were sitting at home watching it. You know, maybe a B plus or an A minus. I, I think it had a, a lot of great moments in the entire show. Sitting through it from a live perspective, I didn't like. I wasn't bored the whole time, which is good. Uh, There was plenty to watch and plenty to chant and do. But for the most part, I didn't get a lot of the, I don't know, excitement factor of being there. Uh, I mean, you know, you can't really compare it to WrestleMania. But when I was down there, it was was a lot of amazement of just like, holy crap, there's 85,000 people here. (laughs) and then the matches. But um, it was still I I
0: was going to say, I I think anything gets hard to compare to like a Wrestlemania. Right. But well, and and again, like your following of this product is fairly new. So Mm -hmm. give it time, you know, when you kind of know who more of these guys are and more of the storylines and, you know, that might become a bit easier
1: that's part of what I was thinking as well, because going to a live raw or SmackDown and then getting the pops and, Oh, that's so-and-so and, and they hate so-and-so or whatever the case is, you know, there's more of that knowledge and maybe that's what it was. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, cause I mean, I've been to a few of the house shows and such, but yeah, when it's a theme song that, you know, you know, and you're part of that pop because, Oh my gosh, it's so-and-so we're getting to see that, you know, that just makes it feel more exciting than, uh, and, and you know, I've been in shows where it's like, you know, you'll hear, it's like, whose music is this again? Um, yep. I and, you know, it's like, oh,
1: most of their themes.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, you know, but that takes time, it takes time to learn all of those themes and such.
1: I think my problem with it for AEW, for most of the themes you know, a lot of it seems like it's production music. Like they went into the production library and found a sweet song. And they're like, yeah, I really like this song. And it's not really memorable. I mean, it it, it doesn't sound bad, but, you know, for me, getting into it, hey, you hear the Flight of the Valkyries remix and uh, Daniel Bryan. You hear Cult of Personality, CM Punk. You hear Judas, there's Chris Jericho. And then everybody else, aside from, uh, I guess, Jim Ross's music, which is the Oklahoma University Boomer Sooner theme song. You know, those are their school song. Like, you've been using that, as far as I know, for quite a long time. So it's, again, one of those things of I don't really know their music, and a lot of it is kind of throwaway music where to me it's just production tracks that you put underneath commercials or something yeah we'll get into it later
0: (laughs) uh i was say, well kidder uh we've been talking for quite a while and it's one in the morning and Howard is tired and wants to go to bed so I think it's time that we wrap this up. I don't know that we need to do cheap plugs because bonus episode. Mm -hmm. Stay tuned. They'll be on the screen. A bonus
1: bonus plug of just visit us on our website, BeerBluesBS.com BeerBluesBS.com Find us everywhere, wherever uh, audio podcasts are, the video is on there. We got merch. All kinds of great stuff, including some links to some other sweet things like the KRDN Eyewitness Weather Now stream beer blues, BS.com. Please check that out. So I suppose we're at that point where uh I gotta pack this thing up, get ready to go, because the highway is right over there. It's not the Tuscan Highway. We'll get there within the next week or so. So For Howard Blues, on the other end of this Wi-Fi connection, I'm the man, the myth, the legend, Mark Kitter. Thanks for joining us again. This bonus edition, AEW-style, brother. (laughs) On the Beer Blues and BS podcast, the Triple B, as it were, these couple of good brothers are saying sayonara for the evening. Have a wonderful uh, rest of your day, night, morning, wherever, and whenever you are. Keep your glass at least half full and uh, we'll catch you on that old dusty tuscan highway next time on beer blues bs you
0: you have been listening to a ua production of beer blues and bs if you enjoyed the show help others find out about it by rating the show or leaving a review at your podcast listening service of choice thanks for listening and may your glass never be empty UA Productions presents A Glimpse Behind the Curtain.